you would take your Bibles, we're going to turn to uh, the Old Testament book of Daniel this morning. It's a very familiar passage. Hope everyone is familiar with it. We'll read it in part. But in today's time, we decided that today ought to be the day with the fathers here and with uh, usually a little higher attendance than next. We want to do Daniel 3. You know, have you ever wondered or ever thought about God, why do bad things happen to me? That, that's today's sermon is about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So you know the story pretty well probably, if not by heart. But it's Daniel chapter 3. Have you ever wondered about why God has us as Christians to go through trials? Or perhaps maybe you thought, oh Lord, why me? Why am I going through this? And, and today I want us to realize that first, Christians are not somehow removed from the troubles of this world. We all know we've lived long enough to know that we have people that go on to glory. We have people to get sick. We ourselves have gotten sick. If you had nothing like that to ever happen to you yet, hold on, it's coming. That's just the way it goes. So that happens to everyone. So that's not unique just to us versus an unbeliever. But I want to make sure we understand before we leave here today that with absolute certainty... There's a big difference between a person outside of Christ going through a crisis and a child of God going through a crisis. There's a big difference. You have someone in the fire with you at all times. And that's what we want to do. So we're going to find out that if you're a believer, you're never, ever alone. That's what we want to make sure we get through to everyone's heads today. So again, the story, Daniel 3, is about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just as an overall high-level view, they were cast into the fire. The fire was heated up seven times hotter by King Nebuchadnezzar. He was really mad. He was really mad. Simply because, why he was so mad is simply because they wouldn't, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to a golden image that had been built on Nebuchadnezzar's half. So in other words, worship a false little g God. Let's read a little bit of that. This is Daniel 3. We'll start with chapter or with verse 5. Just read 5 and 6 to get the context. That at what time, this is the key to everything, to hear the sound of the flute, the, flute, the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sabot, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kind of musics, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever faileth not down, falleth not down, and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast in the midst of a fiery furnace." So there was a group of uh, astrologers or Chaldeans. They went to King Nebuchadnezzar and they tattled on, on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They tattled on them. They said, we got some Hebrew children whom you have promoted up in your providence that are not bowing to you, O king, when that music is played. 
Now, you can't really... I want to make sure we don't blame the astrologers and Chaldeans in this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because though they were the messengers of the, quote, tattletale, there is a bigger thing at work. There always is. The book of Ephesians tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in high places. So this world is wicked that we live in. It is run mostly by the king of darkness. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was falling prey to Satan's schemes. Satan was planning on undermining those three men and, and, and cripple their faith. And they, what he did by was with the Chaldeans or the astrologers that went and told Nebuchadnezzar that they didn't bow. That's sort of the context of everything. So it's, so it's important for us to understand always that the, who the enemy actually is, no matter what the enemy looks like, what person or what entity that, that atrocity towards you or atrocity towards God is about, it's always fueled by Satan himself. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Remember that. Anyway, back to the story. The king called uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, King Nebuchadnezzar did, and he gave him another chance. This is verse 13. We're still in Daniel 3. Let me read it to get it in context. This is verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, he'd already to been told that he didn't bow, so he was already upset. In his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, then they, then they brought these men before the king, Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them and said, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sabrook, the psaltery, and the dulcimer and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image that I have made, well, but if you worship it not, ye shall be cast that same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? That is brassy. That is brassy. King Nebuchadnezzar. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Was that guy not full of himself or what? We've got plenty of people today that are in the same boat as that. King Nebuchadnezzar was, was taunting before the holy God that who's going to deliver him out of my hands? So let's look and see what happens. You know... The thing about this story is they went through the fire. But don't forget, there's always, there's always the Lord Jesus with you. Now, what, what is this lesson so far teaching us? We as Christians need to stand up for what is right. Make no mistake about it, we are not to cower down. 
One of the biggest problems we have, the problems we have in America alone, is the, the church has, has grown silent. And, and, and if you will, proverbially even got in bed with some of the left side because of whatever the reason is, because of Satan's influence. But they have this problem now that, that, that the church is, is for the most part quiet. And then all that stuff we have around us. So, so what's this story telling us to begin with is we need, we need to, as individuals in our daily lives and as a church and as a nation founded by God should be, stand up for what is right regardless of the circumstances that may follow. Because now make no mistake, King Nebuchadnezzar was a, he was a hothead to say the least. So he was well versed in the land. It was known that when he said something, it was going to happen. He had the power. He was the king. So it was going to happen. It wasn't that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thought. Now even though they were in pretty good terms with the king, now they were over some of his providence. The king even liked these guys. That's why he gave them a second chance. But when they refused... He stood, taught. Here's the rebuttal, and I love this rebuttal. Verse 17. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, one of them said this, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us out from the burning, fiery furnace. He is able. And He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if, he, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship thy golden image, which thou hast set up. What did they just say? Now, we want to make sure we realize that they did not slander the king. They showed him respect. They said, O king, our God is able to deliver us, but if not, let it be known to the king. We ain't going to do it anyway. But they didn't slander the king. They showed respect, but they also drew a line in the sand. You said we're supposed to bow. We're not going to do it, king, no matter what. Our God, we know, is able to deliver us out of this. But if He don't, let it be known to you. We're not going to bow. That's drawing a line in the sand. And they had circumstances. You know, even in refusing to worship King Nebuchadnezzar and his little gods, they were honoring King Nebuchadnezzar, by calling him, O King, they weren't, they weren't trying to backbite on, they weren't trying to cut him down. They were giving him respect, but they had drawn a line in the sand and says, we're not going to do it, no matter what you do to us. That's a witness. Make no mistake, that's a witness. That's a Christian witness. Never disrespect authority. It is our job to pray for them. But when they get out of line and start wanting us to do things that are against God's will, we have to draw the line and say, no, I can't do that. I really can't. So King Nebuchadnezzar took their response. He took it personally. 
He overlooked that they even respected him. And in verse 19, we read, Then when Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, he was mad, and the form of his vigils was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He actually liked these guys. Don't get, the, don't get me wrong when I say this. Make sure you understand, he actually liked those guys. He had them over providences. So he had confidence in them. He had, they were not just somebody he met in this instance. He knew them. He worked with them. He promoted them. So they would be considered a good worker. But the Bible says that King Nebuchadnezzar was so mad that his visions, his, his countenance actually changed against them. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it usually is heated. Now somebody in the Bible scholar world considered, they come up with something that the that Maybe it's true, I have no idea, but they said the fire was so fierce that the fire was over, they said over 100 feet in the air. That's some serious fire. I don't know where they come up with, but the Bible says seven times hotter. And, and don't forget that the men that bound Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and threw them in the fire, those men died because of the heat. Don't miss that. Don't miss, they got near the fire and died. Verse 20 and 21, here's where it comes. And he commanded the mighty men who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and their own garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. So they were tied up so they couldn't go anywhere. Hands and feet were tied up, and they had to be thrown in the fire. You know, they couldn't walk in because they were bound up so, but they were being thrown into the fire. You know, every day we are confronted with the same thing. It may not be a, a fire, literal fire, but we're confronted with someone or something wanting us to bow to some other God in this world all the time. It may not be as drastic as a fire as an as a outcome of not doing it, but, it, but we're always engaged with the world trying to get us to bow to some little God or either a God of our own makings, our own self. You know, pride is a terrible thing. Pride cometh before fall, the Bible tells us. So as we make small compromises with our principles that what's in the Scripture started being eroded by the evil one, we start getting into the world that we live today in America. It didn't happen overnight. It ain't all our fault, but we got a lot of it. A lot of our forefathers, a lot of pe people before us slowly eroded our influence in this world we call America with the gospel because of our stance on what the Bible truly says. But make no mistake, 
when we as a, as a Christian stands up for what is right, God takes notice. God takes notice. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. He will manifest himself in some way to make sure that you know you're doing the right thing. It's an affirmation. But doing the right thing, or we might call it the God thing, or not doing it always has consequences. Always. There's two big types of, of sin. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. The, the two overall arching types of sin. One is commission. You do something you shouldn't do, right? That's commission. That's the sin of committing something. So one type of sin, it's a broad spectrum sin of committing. You committed to do something. So there's one thing called commission, or sin of commission. The other one is the sin of omission. What you don't do that you should be doing. What you don't do that you should be doing. Okay, I think that's where America has has fallen flat on our faces in the, the sin of, of omission. We have failed to be the church. We have failed to be the Christians we should be. So doing the right thing, the God thing, always has consequences. If you don't do it, it has consequences. And we must, as believers, start the path of choosing right every time. Every time, not just when it's convenient, not just when it may be to some advantage to you, but always. Because why? You're not alone in the fire. You're not alone. You can be out there on your own little accord, tooting your own little horn, and, and, it's, and it's all of you, you yourself and whatever. It's me, myself, and I, right? But it's still just me. But if I'm, I'm doing the same thing, but I'm doing it for God's glory, and I'm in His will doing whatever this is, and it's still just me, myself, and I, then it's plus one. Oh, Jesus is with me. The Holy Spirit's with me through that fire. You know, there's times that we've had to feel. I know I felt like, there, and I've known most of you long enough to know y'all had fires, just like I've had fires. We've all been through fires. But remember, we're never alone. We're never alone. Here it is. Verse 24, starting in verse 24, 24 and 25, still in Daniel 3. When Nebuchadnezzar the king, he was astonished and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Child, you're never alone when you're with God. God plus nothing is everything. God alone. They were in the fire. And that old pagan king said, didn't we bound them up and throw them in there? Yeah. Well, they're walking around loose. What died? The people that threw them in and the ropes they tied them in disappeared. But the Bible tells us not even a hair on their head is singed. They didn't even smell like smoke when they come out. 
Don't th think about it. You're never alone. Just think, if you've ever been laid off and with not a job opportunity in sight, you're not alone. Doctor gives you the worst news possible. You're not alone. It seems like nowhere to turn. You always have the one to talk to, the one, the saving grace, the one that controls it all. We have him at our fingertips to pray to, to cry out to. And he's faithful. The writer of Hebrews tells us that Jesus says, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, in the midst of some storm that you're probably facing or have been facing, remember you're never alone. You've got to make sure you know that. You've got to make sure the Holy Spirit's there to comfort you. You can't, you can't get in a box and say, woe is me. Pray to God. The lesson you can receive in that fire or that trouble will be your testimony come out of the fire. It will be your testimony. Don't, don't worry about it. Through every fire, the enemy, the enemy is trying his best to have his way with you. And God says, no. And you come out of the fire because of his protective care. I didn't say that you never get sick. I didn't say that you never get over all the sicknesses. That is not what the Bible says. The, the goal of every true Christian is heaven. So dying is not that bad because what comes after death? Heaven. But we also don't glorify it. We're not, we're not people that do that either. But y'all, I tell you what, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I want to get out of here. I want to go home. My heart's heavy. This world's a mess. But, God has seen fit in His justice to keep me here, to keep you here. And what are we supposed to be doing meanwhile? We're supposed to be telling the good news, living the life that God gave us to live, and praising Him wherever we go in hopes that someone will come to a saving knowledge of grace before it's everlastingly too late. So I told you that the story was unfolding, that the mighty men that Nebuchadnezzar picked to, to put him in, Died, let me, it's verse 20, let's read it. And he commanded the mighty men, this is still in Daniel 3, and he commanded the mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Have you ever thought it could never get worse? Well, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were saying they were having this conversation with the king. They got tied up. Things were getting worse. They know they're going in the fire. Got these chosen men of Nebuchadnezzar's army, tied them up, threw them in the fire. Well, you think it can, have you ever thought in your life that, that where I'm at right now, whatever it is, not, not necessarily today, but sometime in your past or sometime in your future, when you get to the point, I can't believe it can ever get any worse. Hold on. It may. may not, but it may. Just hold on. 
Verse 22, And therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire slew those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They died just throwing them in. That's hot. That's hot. So as your circumstances are deteriorating and whatever you're going through, when it appears that things are about to get worse, remember, one thing never, never changes regardless of your situation and God's protection, His provision, and His promise over you. Anyone that don't understand that does not understand what the Bible says about this story. They don't understand about the wall of Jericho falling down. They don't understand anything about God's grace. But I want us to make sure we understand today, and especially talking to you men, whatever you're going through, whatever your family's going through, you be that rock. And when you have trouble, you lean on Jesus and Jesus alone for the answers. So that defining moment when the fire, you realize, I'm, I'm done, I, there's nothing else I can do. You ever said, I just won't have to let God be God? You ever thought that hard? I, I just, you know, you, you're at your wits and you've tried your best to connive a way out of it or wiggle your way out of it, but, but it looks hopeless. You know, it's really sad when sometimes we have to get into a position that bad before we say, God, I don't know what to do. Help. God, I don't know what to do. Help. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, that cast all your cares upon the Lord because He cares. We forget that sometimes. We forget that God actually cares. God cared enough to send His very best. That's John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world. That's us too. That He gave His only begotten Son. That's Jesus. That whosoever... However, whatever, doesn't matter. Whosoever believes in Him, that's talking about Jesus, will have eternal life. It's that simple. Daniel 3, verse 27. And the princesses, the governors, the captains, and the king counselors being gathered together saw these men. Talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego upon whose body the, the fire had no power. You just think about that. Just stop and think about that for a minute. That fire that burnt those mighty men just getting close to it, they were in the middle walking around in it, and all these people saw that the men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that bodies, the fire had no power, nor was the hair on their head singed, neither their coats charred, nor the smell of fire had been passed to them. That's a miracle, by the way, just to let you know. Even though the, the three Jews landed straight in the furnace, they were immediately loosened and joined by the four. And nothing happened when they came out of the fire. Now let's think about this, this incident just for a moment. 
Now, was it hot in there to them? I don't know. Right? I don't, probably was. Probably hot. I don't know. Was it, was it to the point of pain? No, because no flesh burnt. No clothes burnt. Hair didn't even singe. You ever messed with a fire and didn't realize it kind of flared one time or done a gas grill and had the lid down or something and threw a fire and it kind of went whoof and you wind up not having no eyebrows for a while? That's what singeing is. And it always just happened real quick, right? Not, not even that. Not even a hair on their head, the Bible tells us, was even singed. Yet it killed the men that threw them in, and it destroyed the ropes that were holding them. So think about it. Four things. Their bodies were immune to the natural forces of that fire. Why? Because they were supernatural? No, because of that fourth man in the fire, because of God's providence. God can do exceedingly and abundantly more. Anything than you can ever ask. Never forget that. Nothing is impossible with God. Second, not a single hair on their head was singed. Nothing. Not even, not, not even an eyebrow. Don't they? Garments were not burnt. Not even discolored. Not even well done. They weren't even well, they were nothing. Didn't even smell of smoke. But wait, it gets even better. Verse 25. He, we're still talking about Nebuchadnezzar, answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Woo, I get happy about that. I get happy about that. Think about it. The only thing that was burnt in that fiery furnace was the ropes hiding them, binding them. The men that threw them in, other than that, nothing. Nothing. So have you ever had a, a fight with fire? This lesson should tell us to keep our focus on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Never forget that, brothers. Never forget that. We will see beauty in a fire if we can just understand the outcome. Now, going in it and through it, now I'm going to be honest with you, we can't see the future. But all of us that have been through fire can look back and say, you know, God's good. You know? But in there, I'm telling you, it won't, quite, it won't quite as evident as it is when you get out the other side, is it? But if my, my, my prayer today that if anybody here is going through that fire today, number one, God is with you if you're a child of God. Two, cry out to God. Cry out to God. And number three, never lose hope. Because just as Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, the worst thing that could have happened to them is the fire did kill them. That's the worst. Right? And again, if you're a child of God, where's our home? It ain't wherever you live at, is it? It's in heaven. It's with people that hopefully have gone before us that are child that were Christians. We hopefully one day will see them again, but we'll see the one that died for us the author and finisher of our faith, we'll see him himself, Jesus Christ. So what the enemy means for harm, don't make no mistake, God can turn it in for good. God will turn it into good. God will turn it into a witness that if you'll tell it and let God 
be God in your life, people will come begging to know that Jesus. Begging to know. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, listen to this, and have changed the king's words and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own God. Nebuchadnezzar understood what happened. He may not have understood exactly what happened. Doesn't say he went come to a saving knowledge of grace here, but 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 it still he give that accountability of what happened. First he saw something. He said it was like the Son of God. He saw something. He saw what we might call a Christophany. That's an encounter of Christ in the New Testament or the Old Testament. So he didn't just don't, don't go down this rabbit trail too far, but, but when I talk about a Christophany, Jesus appearing in the Old Testament, who's in the burning bush? Jesus. Christophany. Who's in the fire? Probably Jesus. Could have been an angel, but we'll say Jesus for argument's sake. The Bible doesn't say. Never forget that the incarnation of Christ is different than a birth of Christ. There's a big difference. We were born, all of us. Christ is incarnate. There's a big difference. If you don't know it, Google it. It'll keep you up all night. Therefore, he made a decree, verse 29. This is Nebuchadnezzar again. Now he's, he's kind of swinging the pendulum now. Every people, nation, and language that speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, he's changed his tune, hasn't he? He has seen something that he didn't believe because it, it should not have been. He had seen a miracle. He said, anybody say anything about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut to pieces. That's not necessarily a Christian response, but that's a response. And their houses shall be made a dunghill. Whew. That's tough. Because, why? There is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Nebuchadnezzar was blown away. Blown away. He said, anybody say anything against these fellers, God, I'm going to cut you to pieces and make your house into a dung hill. Don't know exactly what that means, but it don't sound good. It sounds like they're going to be obliterated, don't it? Cut them to pieces and destroy everything they have. What do you think? King Nebuchadnezzar confessed a bunch of about five statements that will happen to anybody. You know, when an enemy attacks us, our first response usually is, why did this happen? And what will people think? How do I overcome this dreadful thing that has happened to me? Y'all think about this. Our deliverance is from fiery trials of life will be an everlasting testimony to the world as we go forward. Whatever it is, whatever it is. So we need to make sure we glorify God through the fire 
and make sure we remember to glorify him after the fire. Never stop praising God. The psalmist tells us, Psalms 18 verse 3 says, it's actually a part of a song that we've sung here, I think, in the past. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and who shall I be saved from my enemies? I will call upon the Lord. Further down in Psalms, Psalms chapter 32 verse 7, says, Thou art my hiding place. Do you ever have a hiding place with God that you can get to just you and Him and just have a quiet time and gather your sanity? The, the psalmist says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Psalms 50, 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. When you get delivered from a bondage or a, a fire, make sure you glorify God in it and through it. So one of the greatest sins of, a, the, the, of Christian in general is the sin of ingratitude. It's a sin of omission, not doing what we should do. Being thankful to God for what He's done in our daily lives. I mean, y'all just think about it. It was a small miracle that we all made it here it's a small miracle we all got out of bed and woke up. It's one of life's little miracles that happens every day. So make sure you glorify God in it all. It's important to us to know even in, in the midst of adversity, God desires to promote you in His kingdom, to better you, to refine you in fire. Our rest must be found in our ability to read the direction that guides our lives, that fulfills the plans of His purposes, can only be found in this book. It cannot be found in another. It cannot be found in a preacher. It can be found in God's Word. God's Word never changes. Think about it. Always remember, Jesus is with you in the fire. Isaiah 43, I want to read this one before we, before we go. The first two verses says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. Then shall thou walkest through the fire. They shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You probably will, if you haven't, walk through some fire in your life. Maybe not a literal fire, but something that you'd rather not be into. Jesus is your answer. See him in the fire. See the beauty of the fire. There's a lyric to a song. And I want to close. You may not know who it is, so I won't say who it is, but it's fairly recent. I think it came out in 2001. And it goes sort of like this. If there's one thing I know, true wherever I go, He is with me forever through it all. Joy comes, tears fall. I'm learning there is beauty in it all. It's not hard to find it 
You just have to look. God is good. God is good. Let's pray. Dear God, as we're here today, Lord, we proved by our uplifting hands earlier that there's lots of things that bother us, Lord. Lord, I pray today that we can lay it all at your feet and walk away. Lord, to trust you to make it all right. Lord, give us that strength. Lord, give us that courage to be through the fire the people we need to be, that others can see you in us and come to that saving knowledge of grace before it's everlastingly too late. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.